2: Dude, I'm boycotting 2020. Another million Americans filed for unemployment claims last week. How's your day going? Welcome to the Chad and Cheese podcast, boys and girls. I'm Joel Boycott Cheeseman. And I'm Chad. 2020 sucks. So on. Yes, it does. On this week's episode, Indeed and Glassdoor are down, Google for Jobs is expanding, and Karen makes her first appearance on the show. This This summer, Jobvite wants you, you, and you,
0: to join hundreds,
2: thousands,
0: millions, okay, maybe just thousands, of recruiters, HR, and talent acquisition professionals. For a summer you won't soon forget.
1: It's Jobvite
2: summer to evolve. The Summer to Evolve is a 12-week series of free content to help recruiters brush up on their skills.
0: Learn from industry thought leaders.
2: And see how
1: technology can help them improve, automate, and evolve their recruiting efforts. There will be a chance to share tips and ideas with your peers. And we may even have some surprises for you along the way.
0: I love surprises.
2: So visit thesummertoevolve.com to register for the Summer to Evolve sessions that suit your needs.
0: Pique your interest. Or... Float your vote.
2: Because starting June 16th, it's the summer to evolve the way you attract, engage, hire,
0: onboard, and retain talent.
2: Job fight. Recruit with purpose, hire with confidence.
1: Only a couple more weeks of the Summer to Evolve series, but you can go back and watch all of the old sessions. So go to Summer to Evolve, check out, I think Cheeseman took a nap during his. I did one on onboarding. <laughs> There's a bunch of good stuff out there.
2: No, they they brought out the cattle prod for me and uh, woke me up for that one. Yeah the the twelve week uh, the twelve weeks of of summer love are coming to a close. So coming
1: to a close. Relive you know,
2: the magic if you need to.
1: Yeah. So trying to relive magic. I actually saw on my Facebook feed that last year at this time I got up in the morning. Ran with Henrik from Job Safari in Den mm-hmm. in Denmark and in, in uh, Copenhagen. We did a run. I met yep. you in the ten guy crew in Torkov That was so amazing! Great reminiscing. And then I remember that I'm in 2020, and this is a fucking shit show.
2: <laughs> ah, the Scandinavian tour that was quite a lot of fun. I ate some real shitty fish while I was there. That's <laughs> that's still coming up every now and then. That thing does not digest.
1: But yep. Chad and Cheese want to make sure that uh, the rest of 2020 is uh, a little bit more bearable for our listeners. And I we'll guess the th- the first question. Joel, is is that chad and cheese in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? (laughs) If there's vibration, don't come a knocking,
2: baby. So, yeah, we are starting up text alerts because you don't have enough of chad and cheese. We've partnered with emissary.ai to provide text alerts for breaking news, exclusive content, and who knows, sexting may or may not occur. So open these things outside of work, folks. You can text CC, that's the letter C and the letter C, to 833-799-0321. I'll say that again, Chad. That's text CC to 833-799-0321 for Chad and Cheese in your pocket.
1: And... We also have free stuff. If you go to chadcheese.com slash free and register, you could possibly win a new brand spanking new Chad and Cheese t-shirt brought to you by our friends again at emissary.ai. It's an entirely new design and we're going to send it right to your doorstep because the whole social distancing thing, we can't bring it to you. So we're having somebody who's a professional do that. Also, you never know, we might even start sending birthday cards, holiday cards, beer. There's a ton of different promotions you could prospectively be a part of just by registering for free. So go to chadcheese.com, click on free in the upper header or just chadcheese.com slash free. Everybody loves free.
2: Everybody loves free, man. Everybody loves free. And everybody's going to love our shout-outs oh, yeah. this week, for sure. <laughs> uh, Ethan Bloomfield, by damn. far, with a bullet, goes to the top of the shout-out list. Damn! Uh, my man, I don't know, wanted to be on the show. Uh, we've been putting him <laughs> off, so he's like, God damn it, I'm going to send some shit. So let's let's break this down. Backpack, uh-huh. trucker's report, hat, some sort of a notebook thingy. And then he really got serious and sent whiskey stones, whiskey sippers, and a gift card to buy a bourbon or whiskey of our choice. So for that, Ethan, did you get yours yet? I have not. I, I will by the time we uh, we have our little powwow with Ethan.
1: I raced out to make sure that I got it, obviously. And I've got uh, stuff that I've been eyeing for a little while. It's called horse soldier. And uh, I got the top shelf, the bourbon strength, which is I like, look at you crazy. Yeah, it it, it looks amazing. And uh, now I got a chance to try it. Thanks, Ethan.
2: Buffalo soldier in the heart. Anyway, uh, shout out to our buddy James Ellis. Oh, yeah. And also uh, Evergreen podcast cohort. Uh, my man's working at Roku now. He announced that this week. Uh, I have a Roku. I don't know about you, but I uh, oh, yeah. love the product. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully he won't run it into the ground like he did Groupon, uh, and, and we'll, we'll see good things from, from James, James, you know, I kid cause I love, I kid cause I love men.
1: Oh, well, like, just go ahead and rebounding off that. Uh, we love lists and, and st- storiesincorporated.com put us on a list called the best employer brand podcast ever. And yeah. here's the cool part. Evergreen podcasts racked up four spots on the list. The Talent what? Cast with James Ellis, Recruiting Future with Matt Alder, Crazy and the King with Julian Torn, and the Chad and Cheese were listed as well. Top employer brand podcasts. Evergreen podcasts are kicking ass, taking names, kids. We own this bitch.
2: We <laughs> own this bitch. Shout out to Denise Vanderlons. Hopefully, I'm saying that right. She's out of the Netherlands, and yes. you know exactly where that is on the map, right? Uh, she's she's in the biz dev department at at Wurf at or Wurf and and Two Talent. .eu. She's a new listener and a big fan. Shout out to you, Denise.
1: Big shout out to Sarah Elkins, who just joined the staff over at Shaker as their new VP of digital. Good hire there, Joe. Good good one, buddy. Also, I got to throw this out there. We're going to be unveiling a new website Design. What? Also, Shaker Recruitment Marketing, yeah. our travel sponsor, which, you know, this is what our travel has been thus far, is uh, helping us pull that together. We're pretty excited. We had our first call yesterday, have a project manager, a team. These people are taking this shit serious. <laughs>
2: And we may have to say goodbye to the eye-blindingly yellow site <laughs> that we currently have. So if you love the yellow, get it get it out of your system now because uh, we're going professional on this motherfucker. Shout out to iSIMS for raising the game on their speakers this year. They're bringing Mindy Kaling and Trevor Noah, yep. who are famous Hollywood types, uh, to their November 17th and 18th event. I believe it's free to sign up. You can Mm -hmm. correct me if I'm wrong on that, but uh, find out more at iSims.com. If you want to see Mindy and Trevor, probably make some jokes and tell some insightful shit.
1: Well, and then Cornerstone counters with their on-demand event. Viola Davis, Adam Grant... What Emmanuel Acho, the guy who's like had has the uh, uncomfortable conversations with the black man, that dude, yeah, yeah. and Curtis Stone, the, the like kick ass chef. I don't know what he's going to be talking man. about, but yeah. So, I Sims and Cornerstone bringing the heat to digital events this year. That's fucking awesome!
2: Very nice, very nice. So, I'm going to give a shout out to uh, just sports, uh, real quick. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you know about. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks uh, p- uh, boycotted their game uh, right. yesterday, playoff game. Uh, the rest of the NBA followed suit. Uh, baseball, baseball followed suit. The WNBA followed suit and had, uh, I guess, some some ceremonies that were really powerful. They had uh, one of the teams had T shirts with um, bullet holes in the back representing uh, the police violence that happened in. Uh, Kenosha, Kenosha, of all yeah. places, Jesus. Um, so, shout out to sports. Uh, they continue to be a voice uh, where government tends to be silent in too many cases, or too stupid in most cases. And um, shout out to to them.
1: Yeah, the NBA and WNBA have taken a huge lead on this. If you've seen their jerseys, Black Lives Matter. I mean, it is the central part of every single game. You can see it everywhere. So they are leading and we'll see what Roger Goodell in the NFL does because they usually take a shit on anything that matters.
2: Yeah. Football was oddly quiet during all of this. Even some of the players that they interviewed were not doing a lot of talking. It was sort of like, our season hasn't started yet. We'll we'll cross those bridges when we get to it.
1: Yeah. And, and thinking about Cap and taking a knee, that was, again, on the sideline. It was something that he was doing and, and some of the others did. this. It, he didn't stop the damn game. These guys are taking it to the next level. Uh, but again, every, that all started with Cap. It did. It did. Are we traveling any? Any events for you in the future? Yeah, I've got one today that we're finishing off the uh, recruitmenthackers.events. We're going to be talking. I think there's going to be an on demand afterwards. So check it out again recruitment or recruitmenthackers.events. We're going to talk about uh, go figure remote work. What does that look like now? What does it look like in the future? How's it impacting companies today and the scalability of tomorrow? And with that,
2: topics. Get to the news. Recruit Holdings reported revenue fell by 20% in its fiscal first quarter, ending in June 30th Mm -hmm. amid COVID-19, obviously. Uh, The Tokyo-based global staffing firm reported revenue fell across all business lines, including our buddies at Indeed and Glassdoor. Due to the impact of the pandemic, the company noted that some questioned whether job seeker traffic on Indeed and Glassdoor should have increased instead of decreasing, Chad. And because of the high unemployment rate, when in fact there was an initial decline, recruits cited several factors for the decline, including many job seekers were reluctant to search for new jobs and go to work because of health concerns. And as well, they cited uh, changing in changing jobs, workers may be receiving unemployment benefits that would discourage them from looking for new jobs. Your thoughts?
1: Apparently their Japan staffing saw a rise near six percent. Mm-hmm. And we take a look at how Japan really took COVID seriously, and how, you know, we here in the United States didn't, and, and how we are impacting global economies. Uh, overall, and that's what you know. That's what being a part of a global economy is like. Um, but when you have one of the the, the superpowers, economic powers, uh, do stupid shit like we have, this is what's going to happen. And I think those are those are great indicators to look look at. Japan mm-hmm. had a rise; everything else uh, had a fall. Um, when it comes to traffic and, and job search traffic, I, I think we saw that across the board. Job seekers and, and really just human beings are unsure what the fuck is going on in the first place and they don't feel safe going to work. It's hard. And, yeah. and, and you know, it's, it's interesting uh, how we here in the U.S. dealt with things. We, we gave money to companies and we also gave money to people, but uh, we gave money to companies and now we're just sitting around and hoping that everything goes away. Now that the money's run out. So yeah. from an economic standpoint, how is this going to get any better? So you
2: know what really helps with job seeker traffic? Job postings. If there aren't any postings, traffic tends to take a dip. However, I do think that with tens of millions of people being unemployed, that, that you, you it's it's hard to not see some sort of an increase in traffic at yes. job boards. And yes. my own little, my little theory on this is that I've always felt like brand loyalty to job boards is a myth. Oh, I yeah. really don't think people, no. by and large, give a shit uh, no. whether it's Indeed or Monster or whoever. And I think that the 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 behavior of what a person is is, oh crap, I'm unemployed. What do I do? I need to find a job. Well, what do I need to? What do I do when I typically have to find something? I go to this thing called the Google machine, and at the Google machine, I search for jobs. And there's a lot of people that had no clue about Google for jobs six months ago now suddenly find out that oh shit Google has job postings now and I'm gonna search postings on Google now. And guess who doesn't play with Google? Indeed Indeed. So if you have tens of millions of new people looking for jobs, they're probably going to Google because there's no brand loyalty to Indeed. And they see these jobs on in on Google and they're not Indeed's not playing. So guess what? Traffic's gonna go down to Indeed. Glassdoor does though. OK, so that goes back to my you have to have job postings to have traffic. Yeah. So, I, I mean, Good I, point. My, Good point. my point is simply that I don't, <laughs> you know, I, I think that people are learning, like, learning that, oh, shit, Google's where I search for everything. Now they have jobs um, and, and this will this will segue nicely into our next story. And that Google is expanding, but I'll I'll save that for for after this this topic.
1: Yeah, no, I th- I think we write it right into the, the the next topic, which is Google for Jobs is launching okay. in, the, in the Netherlands, and I love yeah. the whole spin that you've taken. Is that look, people are searching, mm-hmm. but we've talked about this before. Google is a lifestyle platform, Android, Google Search. I mean, they own search for for most of the world, so therefore. If I start searching, as you'd said before, then the organic isn't going to be there, especially on my mobile phone. Uh, Google for jobs is going to be there. And then that just becomes my new routine. Right. And then we also talked about in India, Cormo last week where, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they actually are going to have an app dedicated to jobs in, in India. So yeah, I like the spin on that. And from the, standpoint of the netherlands and ever everywhere else in the world if you do have jobs and you're in Mm -hmm. the organic which is below google for jobs you're already hindered but if you don't have as much content as that as you had before then obviously that's a double whammy
2: yeah and i also think that that job seekers are, are are maturing right they understand that there's this thing called linkedin where they can connect to people and try to get ends at companies and search for jobs so i I haven't seen numbers, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if LinkedIn traffic has gone through the roof uh, in the pandemic as people update their profiles and Mm -hmm. try to network and connect to people and and whatnot. So Google Google is good a lot at a lot of things and they're really, really good at at seeing trends in their searches um, and seeing where traffic is spiking and and where there's activity. And there's no doubt in my mind that uh, some engineer at Google said, holy shit, job searches are through the roof. Um, and then someone said, okay, we need to expand this Google for jobs thing, uh, as quickly and as, as extremely as we can. Obviously Europe, there's a lot of mines that they have to dodge with GDPR and antitrust stuff. So I think it's just a matter of time, but you're going to see Google for jobs, I think, start growing at an, an expedited, at an expedited pace. Um, I reached out to our, our good buddy, uh, uh, Vincat at uh, Jabiak mm-hmm. uh, this week and ask him about sort of the the opening of, of the Netherlands and, and Belgium. So his quote was, the timing is appropriate as the pandemic has created an unheard of uh, unemployment crisis, nearly 40 million plus in the US alone. And Google continues to play a substantial role in mitigating it, which further substantiates its seriousness, uh, the seriousness of its role in the recruiting market. Um, his clients, he says, are seeing anywhere between two and four times the number of applications that they normally see, um, and conversions uh, resulting in a reduction of up to 70% in their hiring costs. So in addition to more job seekers uh, sort of discovering Google Uh, According to him, more employers are discovering Google and the the cost reductions and the efficiencies that come with getting traffic from Google as opposed to the job board of your choice. I
1: I hope we start to see a pivot to definitely focusing on how do I invest in getting in getting better search results for my jobs and also focusing on the programmatic aspect of targeting. Instead Mm -hmm. of just throwing out dumb jobs and spraying them to to everywhere and anywhere, we've got enough data where we can target the right types of individuals with those jobs. So stop just just doing the spraying and praying and start looking at, obviously, uh, search, you know, optimizing for Google and programmatic. Yep. And uh, apparently there are going to be a lot more
2: job seekers out there uh, after a week of mass layoffs. For those of us in the industry know Hiring Solved recently uh, had a round of layoffs. If you haven't heard that shred, I invite you to do so as well. Uh, But we have some reporting out of um, uh, Randstadt Rysmart this week. Quote, uh, among employers that made furloughs or layoffs because of the the pandemic, 47% are considering further workforce reductions in the next 12 months. Uh, This is according to a survey of 250 HR professionals. Uh, It also found that 9.3% of employers have laid off workers because of COVID and uh, 11.3% have furloughed workers. In addition, uh, I thought this was most interesting, 47.2% have not made any new hires since the pandemic was declared a national emergency. So that's people that aren't posting jobs again. Yeah. Uh, Quote from Dan Davenport, president and GM at Randstadt. Rice Smart, quote, while it is a positive sign that the unemployment rate is starting to decrease, we are still in the midst of this pandemic. And based on our survey results, more coronavirus related layoffs could be in the horizon. Yeah, don't like that. So that's, we that's we,
1: we said this, I think it was probably six months ago until this health issue is taken care of until we start to actually wear masks and really start to to socially distance and look at remote work. This is going to be around because we're not going to find any type of quote unquote antidote to COVID-19 overnight. It's not going to happen. It's generally 12 to 18 months. So right now we are feeling the pain of our stupidity over the last six months. <laughs> this is happening again. What, thinking about Japan and South Korea, mm-hmm. this is happening because we are quote unquote rebels and we don't have to wear a fucking mask and we don't have to do these things because of liberty and justice. Th- the liberty and justice allows us to think about not just ourselves, but our community and how to safeguard our family and all of those around us. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, this rugged individualism known as America is fucking us pretty hard.
2: We don't need no stinking badges. Yeah, so you have this perfect storm of people coming off unemployment, uh, which was July I think it was the end of that and they mm-hmm. still have yet to come up with a, with a renewal of, of helping those folks and then we have the second wave of that is that I believe the the the, the loans that were given initially you had were required to keep people on staff right. until August so we've hit we've hit this point of like okay everyone that's been assisted uh, is off of that and all the companies that were assisted can now lay out, lay everybody off. Um, so we've seen like mass layoffs this week from uh, from Salesforce. Um, which also hits us here in Indy. Uh, the biggest building here has Salesforce on it, and uh, reports out there say that uh, exact target, which was the acquisition Salesforce made, is getting hit the hardest. So that could hit us pretty hard here, here locally. Wells Fargo, American Airlines, NetApp, uh, even the Pac twelve, the Arizona Coyotes—like layoffs are everywhere this week, and it's only going to get worse as companies sort of get the green light to start laying people off again from the government.
1: As we don't deal with this healthcare crisis. Let's hear an ad from Sovereign,
2: collect ourselves, and maybe talk about some more interesting, different topics. Yeah, shot of bourbon.
0: Sovereign Parser is the most accurate resume and job order intake technology in the industry. The more accurate your data, the better decisions you can make. Find out more about our suite of products today by visiting Sovereign.com. That's S-O-V-E-R-E-N dot com. We provide technology that thinks, communicates, and collaborates like a human. Sovereign. Software so human, you'll want to take it to dinner.
1: Where'd you graduate? Google. (laughs) <laughs> Google bitches. So, this again, I've been railing on companies. I don't know for how long, a long time about this next story. In Ink Magazine, it's actually a couple of articles in Ink Magazine. Google sure. made waves re- recently by announcing its new program, Google Career Certificates. A collection, of courses designed to help participants get qualifications in high-paying, high-growth job fields without attending university. Yep. A company is actually taking the lead and they're trying to – I mean, if you think of it overall, mm-hmm. they are trying to close their skill gap themselves – but in this case, they also have companies like Walmart, Intel, Sprint, Bank of America, PNC, mm-hmm. Best Buy, H&R Block, Hulu, Infosys, Sam's Club, and the list keeps growing. They're all a part of this as well. So Google, again, taking the lead where universities are falling the fuck down.
2: No doubt. You know, I think um, this is a trend that that we're going to continue to see. I think that there's a growing importance in terms of certificates and people just being skilled in certain areas. Right. And let's let's be honest, like college isn't for everyone, but not everyone wants to, uh, you know, to join the military or join trucking or just like there's got to be a third rail for folks that either don't have the money, don't want to pay the money. Don't want to spend four years before they actually start working that they can funnel into a, a, a privatized, basically um, road where they they pay minimal amount, they're employed in six months, they're in, they learn skills that are in demand, and they can continue to learn skills um, as they as they continue to to grow their career. Um, I think this impacts. I, I don't know the impact on colleges. You know, I think there's still going to be this um, elitist. Uh, opinion about degrees that you have. I think certain colleges, if you don't have that premier degree, um, d- is that less demand? because why you know why get a why get a degree from uh, XYZ college when I could just go get a certificate for a fraction of the cost. And be employed um, in six months. So I, I assume more and more companies will follow suit. I, I think the Intels of the world, the Qualcomms, uh, the Microsofts, et cetera, will, will have similar courses like Google. Um, also, in the news this past week um, or last week late was Lambda School, uh, a startup that offers online computer science classes uh, to be paid when a student gets a job. Uh, raised $74 million um, in funding. And this was, I think, their Series C. So they've raised well over $100 million in doing this. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing colleges like Purdue uh, here locally have systems where if you get an engineering degree or go into engineering college, uh, you don't have to pay them until you actually get a job. Uh, and then they take a percentage of your of your earnings. So colleges even on the traditional level are having to get real creative um, around how they, how they collect money and get students in the door. And we're also seeing private organizations like Lambda School come around um, and have a similar model. So education, more than anything, and I think COVID is, is accelerating how all this stuff is changing, um, is one of the more interesting things to watch and how it shakes out. I don't know, but it's going to be fun to watch. And I like to think that we'll have a lot smarter people, more skilled people uh, that aren't in this abysmal hole of debt their entire life, because that is something that is not helpful to society.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And with COVID, you know, obviously I have two in college now, um, you yep. know, d- it doing hybrid classes. It's going to be the delivery of the content. And, and I am still a huge proponent in the military format of mm-hmm. you go to college. Like this is what ROTC does you go to college, you get your degree. And you sign on the dotted line and you come work for us for four to six or who knows how many years, but you're on contract to work Mm -hmm. for us and we will pay for that degree. I believe corporate America should be paying the freight because the people that are actually making the products and providing the services, the ones that they really, really need and want right now, Mm -hmm. that's how you get them through the door. That's how you make them loyal and uh, so I, I agree with what you're talking about, about being able to evolve. But I think mm-hmm. the major evolution here is a company like a Google or an Infosys or whoever it might be saying, look, we're going to pay for your degree. Come work for us.
2: Sure. And, and let's be honest, if, uh, if we keep building walls around borders and making it mm-hmm. harder to come to this country, there's going to be more demand to sort of grow our own um, and get these engineering spots filled uh, in one way or another, and if it's Google educating everybody, then yeah. Google's going to educate everybody.
1: Well, and if you think about it now, the H one B visas and some of the the student visas, right that are that are not allowed, mm-hmm. that's where colleges make their money because those kids pay full totally. freight. Yeah, they, 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 there's no discount for them to come and get an education. But and if you can't, that revenue is not there for a university. So we're gonna see some uh we're gonna see some thinning out of the uh academia, let's say.
2: Yep, yep. It'll be interesting. Uh so you mentioned the uh the military. You loved a story about uh AI versus fighter pilots in the Air Force. What was that about?
1: Fucking DARPA, dude. <laughs> We've talked about AI And we talked about where we can see AI and who's going to be using it first. And we talk about this all the time, the fucking military, they will do the best job in being able to, in in a practical sense, use AI. And in this case, uh, this is out of Business Insider. A U.S. Air Force F-16 pilot just battled AI in five simulated dogfights in the machine emerged victorious every single time. An AI program developed by Heron Systems went head to head against an, a seasoned Air Force F-16 pilot. The guy is actually an instructor. And wow. uh, it was like a simulated World War II dogfight, which, again, from a maneuverability standpoint, it's got to be the hardest. Uh, mm-hmm. An expert commentator uh, over at DARPA said that the AI algorithm demonstrated superhuman aiming ability during the dogfight, and then during the fight, the pilot never scored a single hit. The human zero machine kicked their ass. It's
2: interesting that not only what like I would I would. I'm not surprised that the AI was a better offensive uh, opponent. The fact that it was a better defensive opponent sort of surprises me. I don't know your take on that um, but it's it's pretty clear that technology is taking over much of the military um, and will be more and more yeah uh, which I think it's it's a nice segue to reverse here back on uh you know people that don't want to go to college but still want to get have a good career. I think the automation of the military is going to force a lot of folks that would normally go into the military, get a certificate from from Google or another uh, academic uh, institution, agree, disagree or are we going to find other places for the military folks
1: Yeah no I mean there's there's no question some some of the, some of the best jobs going to the air force navy or what have you that you can get to transition back into the into the civilian populations in the mm-hmm. military you have to have secret top secret clearances I mean these are this tech is fucking crazy but in this case there's got to be a line in which We step up and say, look, we can't have robots fighting wars for us. How do you stop it, though? Really? There has to be regulation. That's all there. I mean, that's it. There has to be regulation. And then you have to work with other countries to be able to band together to make sure that this is not happening. But think about it. I mean, look at drones today they are ridiculous right sure. think of being able to put this type of technology in drones that aren't the size of an F- F16 but mm-hmm. let's say a quarter of the size um or maybe even smaller than that and sending them out in swarms i mean this yep. is just ridiculous what we can do and as human beings i'm not saying that the 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 machines will take over but once we as human beings have too much power, we see how that happens.
2: Yeah. So you, you foresee sort of a, a you know, chemical weapons agreement where the countries of the world, particularly the, the advanced nations, say this whole robotics thing is bad for all of us. Let's put the brakes on it. Um, before it's all of our demise. Is that basically what, what you're saying?
1: Yeah. And, and we also have to remember, okay, so I'm going to get kind of like a positive slant on this. Most sure. of the technology that I say most of a, a good part of the technology that is more advanced and processed and mechanics and, and those types of things comes from the military. The military mm-hmm. puts more money into R&D than any other organization that's out there, right? So th- the thing is, how do we use this tech for something other than war? That's what it's being, that, that's what it's being funded for, obviously. Yeah. But DARPA created the internet. That's obviously there's cyber war today, but there sure, yeah. there there are different opportunities that are out there. What can we do to use this beyond uh, having you know the the best the best arsenal that's out there? We're always going to have that. Don't get me wrong, and we yeah. and we should, but. We, we also have, like you said, these, these nuclear agreements that we should have, we should have with AI.
2: That'll be interesting to see if China and Japan, or I mean, uh, China and Russia and some others uh, agree to something like that. That'll be interesting. At a minimum, uh, augmented reality is going to come to military, right? Like people and machines will fight next to each other.
1: So you mean like drones now?
2: So, I mean, like um, <laughs> I'm getting real sci-fi on this shit, but like imagine a, a, a platoon of, of soldiers alongside uh, RoboCop or Terminator style uh, soldiers together.
1: Yeah. If we, if we had any type of Terminator-like soldiers, we wouldn't need the humans. We could easily spin out of that with an angle of we want to protect you, but we don't want to risk human life. And everybody's going to say, yes, exactly. That's exactly what we want as we build up terminators right that's one of the reasons why i think we have to have agreements like this put in place gotcha
2: well do you think gen xers will last long enough to see this future god i hope not because we're going to talk about them right when we come back from the break
3: Stand out in a feed full of boring job ads with a dynamic, enticing video that showcases your company culture, people, and benefits with job AdX. Instead of hoping that job seekers will stumble upon your employment branding video, job AdX seamlessly displays it in the job description while they're searching, building a connection, and reducing candidate drop-off. You're spending thousands of dollars on beautiful, informative employment branding videos that just sit on a YouTube channel, begging to be discovered. Why not feature them across our network of over 150 job sites to proactively compel top talent to join your team? Help candidates see themselves in your role by emailing us at jobadx.com. That's joinus at jobadx.com. Attract, engage, employ with job JobAdX.
2: Oh, well, whatever. Never mind. <laughs> so you found this story at the Babylon B. Who knows what the hell it's, that It's was. like
1: an Onion kind of site.
2: Yeah. So story entitled Gen Xers decide to split off from rest of society and form a utopia that's all relaxed and cool and, you know, whatever.
1: This is perfect for you because it's all about the <laughs> cohort. It's all about the cohort. So Generation X has finally had enough. The long-suffering generation has always been stuck between the boomers who ruined everything. They, they, they had everything and they got everything. And the awful self-centered millennials. And now they're also being plagued by the cancel culture loving Gen Z So, yeah, just give me a space. And they're talking about in this article, just going to find a space in the Midwest, take a bunch of land. Only Gen Zers can come in. (laughs) It sounds like it sounds like a a cult to me. So I've thought about this for a little bit uh,
2: today or this week. And so you and I are right in the fat part of Gen X. Uh Like You and I were born right in the middle of it. Um, so you and I can talk about this and relate to what we're, what we're saying. And I blame a lot of it on MTV. Now stick with me for a second. <laughs> now, when you and I were growing up in the seventies, you know, it was, it, there was radio, there was the, you know, there's American bandstand, there was soul train. Like we, there wasn't a lot of sort of in, interaction, uh, with cultures and music. Like you sort of got in your lane and, and that's, that was it. And your parents were sort of that way. And then MTV happened, right? And MTV was this magical uh, experiment where you, you and I, as as preteen and teenagers, could see people of all races, colors, creeds, religions, all be on the same network at the same time, mm-hmm. just being cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like we we went from Duran Duran to Prince. To like strong women like Madonna and Cher. We saw uh, Run DMC, Ahmed, like Rock Me Amadeus. We saw German Axe. We yeah. saw Aha from the Scandinavian. Like, we saw everyone from everywhere just get along, just be cool, just listen to music, just talk about cool videos and cool clothes and what their hair looked like. And then that all went away around 91 or 2, right? And then it was all about the real world. And then they started putting people in boxes again, like, okay, here's the angry black woman, here's the gay guy, here's the the meat headed jock, here's the the, the hayseed from the country. And then <laughs> so like I feel like we were in this window of like this monoculture just time that we lost. But so much of Gen Xers still remember when we were all just cool and getting along and it didn't matter like where you were from or what color you were or how old you were. And I feel like we're still taking that with us through life. And this story about let's all just go somewhere and be cool (laughs) harkens back for me anyway Of those days of watching MTV and where the lines of color and race and age just all sort of faded away for a while.
1: Yeah. The only the only people we didn't like on Earth were Russians.
2: (laughs) That's right. The red (laughs) scare, man. That was fucked up. And there weren't a lot of Russian, there weren't a lot of Russians on MTV either. No, the there
1: weren't, there weren't. But Rocky <laughs> fought, you know, Rocky fought them, you know, we had uh, Rambo fought them. I mean, you know, it, was, it yep. was a thing, it was a thing. And one thing we didn't have to worry about back then were, uh, were Karens. Karens,
2: holy shit. Poor Karen's, man. Yeah, there's a uh, job posting out of Australia. So all the crazy shit happens in Australia. Last week's it. crazy story was out of Australia. Yeah. This one's out of New Zealand. What the hell's going on there?
1: <laughs> so you don't need to actually be named Karen, but you do need to be quote unquote Karen in nature for a new job that's offering $65 an hour to review Ooh. products online. So this, this company is offering a remote position for this potential Karen. <laughs> Call a Karen.
2: <laughs> so this is at uh, dehumidifiercritic.com. Never heard of that site. Uh, I do know a few Karens that are probably like getting 65 bucks an hour. Uh, so this is this quote from the story. We are recruiting a woman to write three... Honest reviews a week for our website, as well as be the voice and authority behind our Call a Karen service, which will see potential customers call for advice and recommendations on dehumidifier products. Really boring product, really interesting opportunity, and worth a mention on our show.
1: Go get them, Karen. <laughs> we out. We out.
2: Thank you for listening to Podcasts with Chad and Cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting, they talk about technology, but most of all, they talk about nothing. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play
1: or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We out.